Hello. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by two experts working at the cutting edge of research that hopes to bring the advantages of blockchain to two other fast developing areas of technology, AI and IoT, the Internet of Things. They're from the London blockchain research and development company, Enchain. So I'd like to welcome its research director, Alessio Pagani, and the chief science officer of Enchain licensing, Owen Vaughan. Thank you very much for joining me today, gentlemen. Thank you, Charles. Well, let me start by just asking you about what specifically is happening in relation to these two areas. Alessio, you've got an event coming up uh, in the next yeah. few months, I think. Yeah, so it's an event based on blockchain and IoT. And in this case, we are organizing a workshop in the context of a conference, which is specific for IoT. But for us, it's interesting to be there and organize this workshop because we want to meet people that, that are, you know, they have experience in IoT. We have experience in blockchain, so we're organizing this workshop, uh, trying to combine these new technologies both together and trying to find out how they can work together, which, is, which are the benefits of combining those emerging technologies together and see uh, the results. These won't be people who necessarily even have anything to do with cryptocurrency or blockchain or anything. So you're really introducing that to Ex the world exactly. of IoT. And that's our role. That's why we're organizing a workshop within this conference to uh, help those experts in IoT to understand more about blockchain and also for us to have feedback about our research in that field and you know discuss with the experts uh, and hopefully share more about B, uh, BSV and blockchain in general and help them to understand the benefits of this technology. Great. And so Owen, what's happening in the world of AI then? Well, I'm uh, organizing a workshop at a conference called Coins. Um, it's a series that's been running since 2019. And it has nothing to do with cryptocurrency or blockchain. Actually stands for Conference on um, Omni-Layer Intelligent Systems. And um, again, we're trying to explore how these technologies uh, can support one another. I think the timing is very pertinent because they're, they're both becoming interesting to one another, I think, uh, in terms of AI, uh, with the rise of chat GPT, it's gaining widespread adoption. And at the same time, blockchain is becoming scalable enough to deal with large amounts of data that you need to train your AI systems. So it's a, a time when I think a lot of people are asking the questions, how can these two great advances in computer science in the 21st century talk to one another? So like Alessio was saying, you're really taking the world of Enchain and Enchain's products out mm. into a forum where people don't necessarily know anything about blockchain. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And they might not realize the technology we've developed could support what they're doing. Um, so I'm particularly interested in uh, blockchain for data usage and auditability and things like that, uh, or identity management and decision making. And these things are very relevant in, in AI at the moment. Right, I'd love to understand in a bit more detail about how these two areas can possibly work with blockchain. So let's go back to IoT for a minute. And Alessio, I mean, I'm familiar with the idea that uh, lots of little data points from around the world, uh, in maybe in a field or uh, in an industry or something, are going to be feeding data onto the blockchain. Is that really what we're talking about here? And, and what are the what are the advantages and what are the sort of uh, difficulties of getting this kind of a system working? Yeah, so that's one use case of IoT devices, but 
in general, IoT devices are now everywhere, right? We we are we are we have a smartphone, we have sensor in our homes, we have sensor in our offices, and all these data at the moment are stored in third-party servers or in centralized systems owned by the companies. But now, as Owen was saying, the blockchain technology is mature enough to, pro- uh, to provide uh, an infrastructure layer for those IoT devices to store their data directly on chain. And this is very powerful because it removes the third party, it gives you back the ownership of the data, and it allows for everyone to have access to those data if you want. If you don't want, of course, there are a lot of techniques to encrypt the data, guarantee your privacy. But if you if we want to like think about the future, the next 10 years, uh, what we really need is, is an infrastructure like blockchain to certify those, those data, not only for industries, but for us. Because we, we have, as I said, smartphone, we, a lot of people have smartwatches, a lot of sensors that are required, that require these infrastructure to store the data. So, But if, if, for instance, on my phone, it knows where I am and there's a location tracking or whatever, is that something that could be, is that the kind of thing you're talking about? Or what example could you give me where I would have a better service because of using the blockchain? For example, an example that is very interesting usually is about healthcare, because we have a lot of sensors and there will be much more in the future. Uh, attached to our body to measure the pressure, the uh, everything about our, our health. And at the moment, those data are stored in data silos, for example, at the big companies like Fitbit or Nike that provide those uh, smart devices. And they do whatever they want with those data. We don't have much control. What we can do is have the blockchain as a third party that's, that, that we can use to store our data. And then we can decide what to do with our data, but it's we control those data, meaning that if you want to give those data for research, you can. If you are concerned about privacy, you can have like a, a contract on chain that encrypts those data or provide just the average of your blood pressure and not every single measurement. And this, this is in control of the people using those devices and not the companies. Yeah, I mean, one thing I'm wondering about with this, Owen, is the business model here, because there's a process of putting material on the blockchain Mm -hmm. data, and then there's the process of reading it. Mm -hmm. And I mean, are you mainly envisaging there is a business to be had in which payment is made for the uploading or the downloading or both? Well, uh, so I think uh, the easiest example of that is something like paying per AI request. So a lot of us now are, are really benefiting from using ChatGPT, for example. And at the moment, um, there's a a free version of that. I think Mm -hmm. they also have a freemium model that you could envisage pay per use for a nano payment. Um, On top of that, you can have computation that's outsourced. So S-Script have been pioneering this, where they can put a model on chain that if you identify the parameters that give you the best outcomes, then you can get uh, receive a bounty for that. But I think the most interesting use case for blockchain when it comes to AI is in decision auditability. So this involves, as you're saying, putting data on chain. And I'm not sure the business model is a upfront revenue, but it's more like a de-risking exercise. So if an AI ever makes a decision, maybe it advises you to make a particular financial trade and you, you question that in the future, it's very convenient to have an audit trail. Why did it make that decision? And this is a whole field of research now called AI explainability. So I think the blockchain will be very useful in 
checks and balances for AI and, and holding it to account so that we, we can be sure why it's making its decisions, make sure it's uh, compliant with um, you know, legal, ethical and, and moral um, standards. It's interesting that we've sort of slid between IoT and AI there. Mm. And it almost seems like they're pretty much the same thing, or at least largely overlapping, would you, would you say, Alessio? I mean, there is a lot of connections that we can make here because it's very important for, for AI to have this auditability part, especially because we will have re uh, regulations in the future. And so you need to show which data you use to train your AI models right. so that, that you can explain why they made a decision. And a lot of data will come from IoT devices. So it's, it's very well connected because uh, they, 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 they are very well combined because uh, in general, every, uh, if you have IoT devices with an identity that store data on chain, then you can use those data to train AI models and have more accurate results. And this is very important to have this uh, very well connected ecosystem. Maybe just following up on Lester's point there, I think an example of that is uh, driverless cars. So clearly that involves AI decision-making and uh, real-world devices, a lot of sensors, and doing the computation directly, what we call at the edge. So something like chat GPT, all the computation is done on the cloud and you receive your, your answer to a question, but something like a driverless car, that computation is being done on the fly in real time by the, the vehicle itself. Could there be businesses where uh, you get investment to measure a whole lot of data, uh, maybe traffic data or something, mm -hmm. and put it on onto the blockchain. And then the people who use it simply have to pay to access it mm -hmm. off the blockchain. Mm -hmm. Can the blockchain, as it were, take have microtransactions that are for accessing information off it? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. We call that the data marketplace. And in fact, um, several of these are being established at the moment. They require a lot of standards. Um, one I'm particularly interested in is in medical data. So here, uh, really, you have a, a, an interesting problem where some diseases need a lot of research, which nowadays can be done by AI. But if you're in a particular country, you might only have a few cases of a certain disease. What you really want is a way to share this data so that you have a larger data sets. And I'd call that a federated data marketplace using AI to improve the clinical outcomes of patients. There, it might not be for uh, an exchange of monetary value, but it would certainly be consent is a huge issue there with my medical data. So mm. I want to be assured that I've given consent and that the usage of that has been recorded. And of course, the blockchain is a perfect uh, platform to record that consent and usage. So we could have a, a new generation of entrepreneurs, as it were, who will think of as something useful to collect data on, lots and lots of data, collecting it very cheaply because of microtransactions, and then they charge people to have access to that data and to sort it out in the way that's useful, perhaps. Yes, and an example of that that touches on our work is in the, the case of um, IP management. So something like a patent is a publicly available document. They're typically very difficult to interpret. You need someone who's highly trained in uh, legal matters as well as the, the scientific subject matter. And here, um, AI can really benefit us. And again, that could be a, all of that data is publicly available anyway, but you're enriching it with uh, a, a human digestible summary. Or uh, what we've found useful in our team is identifying references and doing that literature review. So AI can quite easily say, okay, well, if you're interested in this, you might consider looking at the, this particular author or these works because they've been in the same field. So it can save us a huge amount of time.
even if it's working on public data. Right. So, Alessio, it seems almost as if Internet of Things sounds too narrow, really, as a, as a name for this field, and that things is just one category of, of, uh, of what we're talking about here. Yeah, that's, that's a very interesting question, because I was studying uh, earlier this month about, because what we do is more broad and more advanced than just IoT. And there is a name that is sometimes used in the academic community, which is Internet of Everything. Right. <laughs> <laughs> which seems too broad. You, you can't say that's, that, that is too <laughs> But, but what, 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 does that, what, uh, what does it mean is that not only you consider things, so devices, but you also have people, hmm. data, and processes. And this closes like the, the loop because you have devices collecting data, you have people interacting hmm. with uh, those data or providing more data because people interact uh, with the digital world, let's say, using sensors or devices. So again, we are back to IoT. But then they are different entities with their identity. And both uh, devices and people provide data, which is stored on chain. But then you want to do the next step, which is analyze those data, process those data. That's why we say we have people, data, devices, but also processes. And one of those processes is AI, a way to process and analyze data. So. Uh, yeah, this is like the big picture, but I mean, Internet of Everything sounds, <laughs> it sounds a bit very grandiose. general, yeah, yeah. but it's something that people use in the academic world yeah, to yeah. define the, these things. I mean, the other side of this, of course, is that there is a kind of general nervousness about AI mm -hmm. and about everything we do being recorded. Mm -hmm. Is that just a sort of cultural thing that we're going through, do you think, Owen? Or... Uh, are there specific um, safeguards and things that people should be seriously thinking about when they're devising new businesses and new technologies to, to mitigate any of those dangers? Well, I think it's similar to the blockchain in the sense that regulation does already exist to, to cover these emerging technologies. We just, the people who are implementing the laws struggle to, to keep up with the latest pace of technology. So, for example, with chat GPT, you know, it's not clear to me and where they got their data set from mm. was something that I've produced part of that data set and I didn't realize. So right. that's, a, yeah, that's a very, uh, I mean, a genuine concern that I think a lot of people. Well, on the Microsoft one, they actually give footnotes as to where the sources are. Mm -hmm. um, so I suppose that's something. Yes, that's something. There were, uh, another way uh, it can be used is also something I've produced to be defensible, to say this was me, Owen Vaughan, produced this at this mm. particular time. And although that might be attested to on a public blockchain, that can still be completely private and I can choose when I reveal that information. Um, so again, it's a tool for humans to be able to uh, show what they've done compared to um, an AI algorithm. And you could imagine that's useful in, I don't know, proving you've done your own homework or yeah. something like that. I mean, but the more sophisticated kind of AI, and actually I think ChatGPT falls into this, mm -hmm uses many different sources. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't believe that it, the equivalent on Microsoft where they give you three sources is really the whole story. So I think sophisticated AI perhaps is beyond being able to explain everything uh, about where it has got this information from, which is perhaps where it becomes rather worrying. Do, do you think, Alessia? Well, I think it's like we are talking about neural networks in this case, like ChatGPT, and that it's very difficult to explain how 
they came up, came up with a decision. Uh, and the people, have, who, the people who invented the software yeah, can't yeah. tell you yeah, how it produced exactly. the answer. But, right? but it's important to show the full data set that you use to train the neural network, at least. Right, yes. There are some attacks called uh, poison, poisoning data sets, where people create some fake data sets to force the AI to learn something which is wrong. To be in the example that Owen was giving before about financial advices, I could produce a fake data set to force you to invest in something that I know it's wrong because I can profit of it right. from it. But if, you, if we have what Owen was saying, AI uh, which is auditable, maybe you cannot explain which data they use, but you can show the data sets. So yes. if there was a part of the data set which was poisoned, you can audit that and you can maybe find the responsible for that. And this is very important. And if we want to have an AI in the future which is useful and not dangerous, we need that. And is this going to be a useful line of debate for people like you who are trying to get blockchain, uh, make it useful in the world of AI? Are you, are you going to be saying, well, the great thing about blockchain is that it is auditable. And so, That's you one know, of the great things, having this layer which is transparent, auditable by everyone, where you can store data and prove that those data were used to train that model. I mean, That's can you foresee oh, in a version of ChatGPT that is exclusively drawing on blockchain data, perhaps in the future, and therefore completely auditable? Yeah, well, I think the idea that data is the new gold is still very accurate, and it will be a, a, an immense source of uh, data for these models. One that uh, we know is, is Weather SV, which is putting climate data on the blockchain and for sure who knows how powerful that will be in the future right so for people who are not familiar with this whether sv is a, a startup in australia mm -hmm. and they basically just upload to the blockchain uh, data points to do with the weather mm -hmm. in all sorts of parts of the world mm -hmm. and then it just basically sits on the blockchain forever mm -hmm. what's the value of that compared to just putting it down in an ordinary um, data storage well, system. Something like climate data, it takes data from sensors located all over the world. So you need a global platform. You want it to be completely transparent and visible because there's still controversy about how we make these measurements. And who knows how we will perform these algorithms in the future. You know, what we're using to make predictions today might not be the same in the future, but it's important that we have that data so we can, uh, we can see what's happening. But I think, um, you know, we've talked about what, how the blockchain can benefit AI, but I think it also works the other way around. So uh, an example uh, I could imagine is using AI to write smart contract code, for example. And that's something that is uh, quite complex with very few experts, mm -hmm. but they're really, you know, optimizing that code literally saves you, um, uh, you know, a, a monetary value per byte you use. So the optimization, there's a clear business model. But more generally in the blockchain space, I think one thing we suffer from is usability. And that's something that AI can really help with. It can mm. take a lot of the, can mask a lot of the complexity involved in, in interacting with the blockchain. So yeah, I think there's a, a you know, if we're open-minded, there's a huge amount that we in the blockchain community can benefit from in terms of AI. Yeah, because AI can already write, can, can do programming, can't it? Mm. So presumably it can do um, block, blockchain programming as well then. Yes. So if we could extend that idea to uh, create to um, expressing contracts in uh, in distributed ledger um, scripting language, then we can quite quickly make you and I make an agreement 
and have that um, uh, ratified in a transaction on the blockchain. Right. And I mean, I suppose, Alessio, we, this will also be part of this process whereby the complicated stuff uh, that goes on in the software and can be hidden from the user because they can just type in a sentence into that's, it. That's the final goal. That's the final goal. Blockchain should be like just the uh, the plumbing, as we mm. used to say. Uh, the, the technology that we use to guarantee data to help provide correct data sets, support AI, for example, which Owen was saying, support IoT devices, support people, identities. But we, we shouldn't care as normal users about blockchain. Let's just end by talking a little bit about Enchain and its kind of mission. We've talked before on, on this series about the work of Enchain, but it's always been in relation to Bitcoin SV or blockchain. Now we're sitting here talking about you getting involved in other technologies mm -hmm. in AI and IoT. I mean, is, is this the way forward now? You, you're sort of moving out into the big wide world, would you say? Yeah, it's a conscious decision. So um, I'm not an expert in AI. And Alessio is not an expert in IoT, but we're really challenging ourselves. And as a team, we're, we're stepping up and realizing it's our responsibility to learn more about these emerging technologies in order to show them how to benefit from blockchain, but also the other way around. So it's a, it's a more recent uh, way of thinking, but it's, uh, it's necessary. And uh, we also think it's much better for us to, to train ourselves up and reach out rather than trying to uh, identify experts in both technologies, which I think just don't exist because they're so new. So Alessio, how much of an expert are you going to be in IoT by the end of this year, would you say? <laughs> <laughs> well, I want, to, I want to be a blockchain expert, not an IoT expert. So I, I, of course, my job is to understand IoT, understand AI, and support researchers in that area, try to understand as much as I can. But I think our goal is to understand the blockchain, create new IP, new research that enables those technologies so that the expert in those technologies can talk with us and together uh, try to find the best solutions. And so this is something that we just started. So at the moment, it's very basic research. Uh, try to understand, the, define which are the problems, which are the possible solutions and how blockchain can help. I think in the future, our job will be also to discuss with entrepreneurs and help them to understand why blockchain is relevant. I know that in both conferences that we've been talking about here, you've put out a call for papers mm -hmm. under a list of subjects that you'd be interested in. What's been the response so far? And has the response come from the IoT and AI side of things or from the blockchain side of things, Alessia? I think it's, it's a mix of the two. Uh, we have some academics very interested in publishing stuff. They work in uh, IoT and they, are, they have an interest in blockchain, so like the opposite of us. Mm. So they are trying to explore how to use blockchain and they are finding this as a good opportunity to publish something and discuss with us. Because the, the interesting thing about those workshops or those conferences is be there together, network, meet, meet people that have different background mm. and try to find new ideas, ways to collaborate and create new projects together and trying to, uh, I mean, co combine those new technologies and yeah, come up yeah. with something very interesting. Oh, and have you had more response from the blockchain side or the AI, AI side? Well, in my case, it's really more from the blockchain experts who are starting to branch out and create new opportunities um, in the AI space. I think the reason for that is there's maybe a lack of awareness for mm. the um, 
performance capabilities of, uh, of public blockchains. Of course, we know what BSV is capable of. Um, but I think it's at the moment, it's us getting out that message. But I'm really hoping that if we did this conference in a year's time, we might get a much more uh, mixed, uh, mixed set of um, contributors. Brilliant. Well, I'm really looking forward to both conferences. And thank you so much, Alessia and Owen. Thank you for talking thank to you. today. Thank you, Charles. Thanks very much to Owen Vaughan and Alessio Pagani. Next week, we'll also be peering into the future, as my guest will be Julio Alejandro, who lectures and consults on the potential of blockchain to change society, and who had a lively discussion with Dr. Craig Wright at the first of Dr. Wright's recent London masterclasses. So please join me and Julio down by the schoolyard next week. Until then, thanks for listening and goodbye. Industry-shifting ideas can start from individuals or people committed to solving global and industry issues. This is your chance to network with experts and connect with a future collaborator at the London Blockchain Conference. Throughout history, significant innovations have resulted from successful collaborations. In 1903, brothers Orville and Wilbur Wright made it possible for us to achieve our dream of flying. In 1977, Steve Jobs' marketing flair and Steve Wozniak's engineering magic helped jumpstart the personal computer revolution. In 1990, Tim Berners-Lee worked with systems engineer Robert Cayo to pave the way for the World Wide Web. The world would look very different without the innovations of these incredible collaborations. Come to the London Blockchain Conference, where visionaries like yourself convene and create value partnerships that could lead to future collaboration and the next world-changing solution. Bitcoin mining, Bitcoin wallet, blockchain, stablecoins, Metanet, the evolution of money. Everybody is talking about Bitcoin today, but what exactly is it? Learn the basics from experts. Learn what Bitcoin is, how it works, and why it matters. Bitcoin 101, your ultimate guide to the fundamentals of blockchain.